Welcome back! A heads up, today's episode mentions child sexual abuse, sexual assault, bullying, and a few curse words. Enjoy! (laughs) Did you see what she was wearing? But she didn't leave the first time. They just need to work harder. What did they expect? She was asking for it. He was asking for it. My mommy said they're asking for it. Hold up! No. No. This is what we're asking for. Consent. No means no. Yes means yes. Can I kiss you? Yes. Respect. Help. Love and support. Empathy. Justice. No justice, no peace. Equality. Liberty and justice for all. These are the things we're asking for. Hello, everyone. I'm here with a very special, exciting guest. So let's start with what is your name? Uh, my name is Mayday Trip. Love it. And what are your pronouns? Uh, they, them. Perfect. And where are you from? I'm from Georgia. I was born in uh, Tucker, Georgia, and then moved out to the country when I was about eight or nine. Uh, So I lived on a farm in a very small town. Do you get a lot of peach jokes? Like when you meet people outside of? No, but I was Um, just making fun of that new Justin Bieber song. That's like, I get my peaches in Georgia, really, because South Carolina is the number one peach exporter, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I didn't know that. See, yeah, when Georgia's I think the of... peach state, but we make yeah. more meth. And <laughs> so, you know, yeah, there you go. All right. Well, well, we can talk about that later, too. But all right. And then the big question is, what do you do? So I always ask this is what, what do you do to end violence and support your world and community? But also feel free to talk about your job as well. Well, um, I'm currently working as a substitute teacher. Uh, while I'm getting my master's in elementary education so that I can be an elementary school teacher. Um, And I really enjoy that. That's my main focus lately. Um, But it's the summer, so I've got the summer off. And uh, the other thing I do is I make comics. And I try to use them to um, shine a light on different kinds of characters that aren't in the mainstream. Like my current comic is a web comic about a non-binary superhero you know, so it's pretty fun. Very appropriate. I love it. And so that's one of the ways we actually, the big way we got connected was through your project, something terrible. Do you mind mentioning or talking about that a little? I, like I mentioned, I really want to bring you on for a later episode where we really dive into that more, but just kind of tell everyone uh, what you've done with that. Well, uh, so, you know, I'm a parent and, uh, by the time my kid was approaching, this age that I was abused as a kid sexually, um, I was going through a lot of emotions because it gave me some, a new perspective on how small I was when I was hurt. And it made me want to do something really for other people who have been through uh, childhood traumas. So I did a comic book based on my thoughts as a survivor Um, about how much the story of Batman helped me growing up. Because if you think about it, Batman's like a a major superhero trauma survivor um, who goes through something terrible when he's a kid, but it doesn't break him or turn him into a bad guy. It's something that builds, he uses as fuel to make him into somebody that can help other people from going through what they experienced. I love it. So I did a book about that. That's beautiful. We're friends because of that. I reached out to you and then we connected. I know you've connected with people all over the world, really, about your story. How has that experience been? Um, It's been really uh, cool because, you know, one of the things about doing that book was it was a a real primal, I have to talk about this and, and kind of put out this book that I needed to exist, you know. But um, while I was working on it, I didn't know how people were going to react. It was a secret I'd kept my whole life. And so um, honestly, connecting with so many people who have similar experiences, which, you know, in and of itself should be horrifying because we're so not alone in being uh, victims of such horrible things. Um, But knowing you're not alone and that you're in this together with so many cool people who are putting their 
you know, souls into helping others, you know, it's been really cool. I, I get messages from social workers, psychologists, therapists, even cops, which I'm not the biggest cop fan, but, but you know, when, when someone writes me and they're like, I work on actual cases to put away pedophiles. I'm like, cool. That's yeah, pretty that's cool. cool. That's a, that's a cool cop, I guess. Right. But a cab, except for those guys. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We'll have to, <laughs> that's so funny. Make a shirt about that. Right. But another reason why I love you, but one of the things I, that I think is so special too, about like our friendship and others we've connected with a little shout out to Madison there. Um, but I, just the idea of connecting over Batman, like mm-hmm. how many people have connected with that story? And well, and again, we'll, we'll talk more about that uh, in an episode down the road, but really everyone, if you haven't checked out something terrible yet, get on it. And Mayday, your art is just beautiful. You're so talented. Yeah. I will mention if you're listening to this and you want to go looking for it, it's called something terrible. And I wrote it under my old name. I changed oh, my. my name to Mayday and I used to be named Dean Trip, which uh, I don't use anymore, but yeah. if you're looking for it, that's how you'll find it. That was one of my follow-up questions, you know, as we kind of get into our subject for today, but do you plan on reprinting under Mayday? Like, are you going maybe um, or, okay. It's nice. one of those things. Cause like in a, you know, if I do reprint it, yes, I'll change the name on it, mm-hmm. but in a way, you know how, um, so being non-binary, non-binary falls under the trans umbrella. And uh, for a lot of people who are trans, um, their old name is a, they call it a dead name. And and it's, it can be very triggering when you hear it. And I still don't like it a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, and this is just me, I'm thinking of my life in terms of like butterfly metamorphosis, you know, yes. which yep. a lot of people, you know, relate to. Yep. Um, and I used to do a web comic about this kid character named Butterfly. So that's why it connects with me so much. But, yep. you know, there was like little caterpillar stage when I, before I was adopted uh, by my stepfather and my name mm-hmm. became Trip. And then there was like the chrysalis stage where I was Dean Tripp and still figuring so much stuff out. Yeah. And then now I've chosen my own name, Mayday, which I picked for like a million reasons. I love and it. now like, uh, so it's like a stage. So if I, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to reprint that book. Um, okay. but if I do, I probably will change the name, even though that was the book that Dean Tripp had to write, if that yeah. makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mayday Tripp has other things to talk about too. Yeah. Exactly. And that was another thing I wanted a big reason too why I wanted to talk on this subject too, because you were more than just something terrible. Right. Right. For sure. I think, I think a lot of people as myself who are known in the public for maybe a specific survivor thing, well, there's a lot more about us than just our, our traumas and this one little story or this one little thing we put out to try to help others. And so I really want to commend you. Well, and we're that. both people that try to I don't know, like living examples of people who have gone through things, but it didn't break us. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because so many people have to live with their traumas in secret. Yeah. And uh, they might not have to if they see uh, more examples of that being accepted and even celebrated. Like, you know, my book got me a speaking gig at San Diego Comic-Con and to meet Kevin Smith and, you know, like meet Stan Lee and, you know, all these things that came out of doing this book about the worst thing that ever happened to me. Yep, exactly. And that's with my TEDx talk, I've been able to travel all over the country and now, um, you know, speaking with groups over Zoom now because of COVID, but all over the world. And, and I'm known for that one thing and I'm so grateful for it. But at the same time, new projects are always coming out, new ideas, new things. So I love that. So I want to ask kind of like a broad question for our listeners who, you know, a lot of people understand what being non-binary means, but there's some people that might hear that phrase and they're like, what? So just what does that mean? Yeah, I think it's still new to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, I meet people sometimes that haven't heard of it before. And that's cool because, you know, I get to be someone in their life that's an example of it. But um, non-binary is a big umbrella term that falls for, even though there's some non-binary people that don't identify as trans, for most categorization, it falls under the trans umbrella in that you don't feel like you're 
the gender you were assigned at birth. But unlike trans people who have a usually, I'm not speaking for all trans people, but usually there's a a strong desire to be uh, um, the the corresponding gender. If you were born uh, assigned male at birth and then you have a strong feeling that you wanted to be uh, feminine, you know? So non-binary is kind of an in the middle feeling, but it's not necessarily... Uh, male or female or male and female. It's just, I don't conform to these gender roles and these gender identities. Um, I don't want to be boxed in by those kind of tropes and rules that get associated with gender. And like a lot of non-binary people, I really respect people's gender identities, but I also have trouble understanding gender (laughs) in and of itself just because I've always struggled with it. Yeah. Same. Like but I, yeah, non-binary is not being, uh, it's being gender non-conforming. Perfect. Perfect. I love that, that explanation because it's easy when you think of the word bi, mm-hmm. you know, two, we think male and female. And I, especially you too, as a parent, oh boy, with kids, uh, growing up and even as a baby, people were like, is it a boy? Is it a girl? And I'd say, does it matter what its genitalia is? Yeah, <laughs> I know it's, when you really think about it, it is very creepy that everyone wants to know what's in every baby's pants. Yep. You know, because we have really built a society and and other societies, indigenous societies all over the world and and ancient cultures did not have this strict binary gender structure. And we have kind of adopted that from the colonialization of uh, all over the world of white supremacy. And we don't need it. (laughs) And it's nice that we're pushing back against it a little bit because, you know, like one of the really strong um, evidences of, you know, earlier cultures and even existing today cultures having um, gender nonconforming identities is the Native American uh, two-spirit. Have you heard that one? Yes. I love that so much. Share that a little with our our listeners. Well, it's just like being born two-spirit means that you're kind of like both genders at the same time. And uh, there's, there's room for that. And it's, it's an only um, indigenous and first people's word. You can't be two spirit if you're not, uh, you know, Indian American, but it is like the coolest sounding non-binary word, I think. Um, but I have a lot of respect for that. And it, it just gives me a lot of comfort knowing that there are people, you know, going back centuries that it felt like I do. You know? I love that. Yeah. And another thing too, what I'd love to ask you of, you know, you kind of went into what it means specifically to you. So I have a lot of binary friends or excuse me, non-binary friends. Um, like I have one who's just amazing. And one day they'll be like, my name is this and I'm a she and I'm going to, you know, dress up and I'm going to be feminine today. And then the next day they are a he and they'll use he pronouns. And, and I've had a lot of friends that, you know, um, kind of play around with it and, and it's whatever they decide defines them. How does it yeah. define it for you? What is an average day for you as a non-binary human? Well, that sounds, uh, I don't know if your example, you know, personally, um, but that sounds a little more gender fluid, which is right. one type of non-binary yep, yep. where you kind of like exactly lean different ways, depending on, you know, how you're feeling. Yep. Um, which I guess like deep internally, I do have that. Sometimes I feel more feminine. Sometimes I feel more masculine and yep. sometimes situations bring out a side of me you know, based on where I am. Like if I'm uh, walking down a dark street, I'm trying to look as masculine as possible, you know? Right. But I, I really currently feel very, um, there's, okay. So we were talking about gender fluid is, is one type of non-binary. There's a lot of types of non-binary. Yep. One type that is what I think I am is called bi-gender which is where you feel both genders at the same time, most of the time. Got it. Okay. So I feel just kind of suited to most situations in that I'm, you know, like these are very stereotypical terms, but like, you know, like I feel like I'm the kind of person who doesn't back down from a fight, but I'm also the kind of person that loves to care for children. And, you know, so like there's these 
maternal and paternal instincts very simultaneously with me. Um, and I used to think of myself before I came out as non-binary because I didn't have these, that's the biggest thing about it is we didn't have these terms when I was growing up. And so, right. you know, I'm 40 years old and it's being out about it now is, is a real cool ability, but I'm lucky that younger people and older people than me figured these terms out so that I'd have a language to describe it which is something I've felt since I was three years old, you know, yep. Yeah. but I, we didn't have terms for it. Yeah. Like growing up for me, I was a tomboy. Mm -hmm. I played with the guys. I liked army. <laughs> like we used to play army all the time. I would climb trees, but then I'd go, I'd also go inside and play with my Barbie dolls. And so that's another thing too, in the sense of, I identify as a female very much, mm -hmm. but I still play around with masculinity. I, I started doing drag recently. Yeah. I drag. saw. So cool. It, yeah. Oh, so fun. It's so great. But kind of going back to, I have a friend that just kind of, um, identifies as non-binary and they say, I am neither masculine or feminine. I right. am non-binary. I am whatever I feel. I don't put labels on it because gender mm -hmm. is all just society telling us that that is feminine, telling us that is mm -hmm. masculine. And it's I all respect bullshit. that. Yeah. Me too. I, and I can relate to that. And it's, it's difficult because gender is a social construct. Yes. But it is real in that we've made it. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So you, 100%. you know, there's people that relate very strongly. Yeah. I used to struggle with this because, you know, as somebody who has had these thoughts before I had a language to describe being non-binary, I felt this real solidarity and, and almost like siblingness with any time I saw a trans story, because oh. I could relate so much to not feeling like I was my gender, right. Yes. That I was yep. assigned at birth, yep. but like, there was a period there where I was like, doesn't switching to the other uh, common gender mean that you're buying into these stereotypical roles and stuff? So there's complicated thoughts, yeah. you know, when you're dealing with this growing up for decades, you know, yeah, but yeah. I, I've really come to respect that, like, just because we made it up doesn't mean it doesn't have real structural value in people's lives. Exactly. You know, feeling feminine or masculine or um, non-binary can have profound effects on your life. Absolutely. And another thing I always like to mention, because some people who have never had an LGBTQIA plus training or they're not used to this stuff, too, they get confused with gender and sexuality mm -hmm. as well. So there there's a mix of for me growing up, I struggled with my sexuality. I knew I was attracted to women. Like mm -hmm. I saw Titanic and I saw Kate Winslet's boobs and I was like, oh my gosh, like, but I knew I wasn't supposed to feel that way. Mm -hmm. And then I remember like growing up and being like, oh my gosh, I'm so ugly. And if I don't wear my earrings, I look like a boy and I'm not a boy and I don't want to be a boy or maybe. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, but maybe I am a boy because I like girls. And there was a lot of struggle with that mm -hmm. with as a kid for myself. Well, and you know, uh, I think you're a little younger than me, but we're pretty mm -hmm. close in age, right? Yeah. Yep. So like the, the eighties and nineties, we didn't have the value that kids today have where you can find similar people going through similar struggles on the internet. Yes. I'm in like three trans and non-binary support groups on Facebook. That's amazing. And like I, people talk about how awful and evil Facebook is. And it's like, look, I get it. I know, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. I'm in survivor groups and stuff. Like, Same. so Facebook is like a, a oasis for me. You yeah. Know? Yep. And it, I mean, that's how we got connected. That's how mm -hmm. I've been connecting with survivors and others all over the country, because I don't know about you, but I grew up in a town of 600 people. Yeah. See, I'm grew up in a really small town. My graduating class was like 70 kids. Yep. Mine was around a hundred. And so, mm -hmm. and we had a few people who were openly gay, but we also never had trans. We never had an mm -hmm. open trans, you know, student. Well, and the kids who were uh, openly gay probably went through a lot of bullying. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or it was the lesbian who was popular and it was hot and it was different, <laughs> you know, but then the gay kid, the gay guy got bullied and harassed right. and, you know, so all those stereotypes. Um, and now I'm hearing about all of the brave trans students that are currently at my high school. And I'm like, you are my heroes. Like, yeah. I actually live in my hometown now and, nice. um, my kids go to the school system I went to. 
uh, it was like rated one of the top school systems in the state. Now it wasn't when I went there, but, um, (laughs) they, uh, have non-binary friends. They have trans friends. They have kids who are still figuring things out. I actually asked one of my daughter's friends the other day, like if she was bilingual and she said, I don't know, I'm still trying to figure things out. (laughs) And I I was like, I meant, (laughs) (laughs) I saw your post and that just made my heart so happy. It was like a scene in a movie. Yeah. She she really responded that way. Oh, that's so cute. So let me, if you don't mean, mind me asking, when did you know that you were non-binary? Like how was you, well, your growing up or how did you, and to kind of follow up with that, uh, why did you decide and when did you decide to come out as non-binary? Well, it's kind of a more of a process story than a, than a revelation for me. Okay. Like I, when I was three years old, really struggled with not understanding why I was a boy and not a girl and not wanting to go one way or the other, but just having an understanding that there are some things that my sister's allowed to do that I'm not allowed to do. And some things she's not allowed to do that I'm allowed to do. And just, I, I have a logic problem with gender identity that goes back to me being a baby. So, and can um, I, do you mind me asking too, because you know, I have a three-year-old son mm-hmm. and uh, he loves wearing my makeup nice. and I get ready and I put makeup on and he says, mom, can I have some? And I said, absolutely. So fun. It's so fun. I give him my, he's, and he has his own brush, his own powder mm-hmm. and his own little pink lipstick. And I brought him to a drag event and the pride um, fundraiser we had for children. And I posted, you know, of course, posted yeah. some pictures on my Instagram and got a ton of people saying I'm a terrible mother. Right. Oh, and great. right. How could you do that to a three-year-old? But I have memories when I was three, I, and, and I, I look at him and I think about your story or so many others in mine too, of that three isn't as young as, you know, as you think it is, but it is yeah. at the same time. So, well, and you know, that could turn out to be a thing that you didn't burden him with a negative response yes. to, and he might end up being a very masculine grown man someday and think oh. it was sweet of my mom to let me play makeup. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas I, I love my parents, but their gender role stuff, um, really affected me in a way that I wasn't able to have any power or agency. You know, I wasn't allowed to have my little ponies or She-Ra, you know, shows that I liked rainbow bright, um, things like that, that I thought were fun and cute, which there's a period, you know, when you're like one and two and maybe even three, where like you're as a boy, you're allowed to be cute and silly and sissy. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, toughen up. Yeah. And they, the switch gets thrown. And then all of a sudden, everybody's telling you, you got to act like an asshole. Yeah. And it's like, that's what we want out of these boys is tough guys that, you know, stand up for themselves. Yeah. And, exactly. you know, you have to, I had to find that part of myself in order to pass, you know, in male culture for most of my life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I grew up in church where gender roles are obviously very pronounced. Same. And, uh, so I tried one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons my, I think my first marriage doesn't work is because I was trying so hard to conform to what we were told you were supposed to be in your role. And, uh, I'm just not able to do that, you know? Yeah. I'm so proud of you too. And that reminds me, you know, back to like our connection to Batman, (laughs) where my story was, I watched the animated series. That's how I got super into Batman. And for Halloween one year, I said, you know, my grandma made my costumes and I said, grandma, I want to be Batman. And she says, don't you mean you want to be Batgirl? And I was like, no, Batman is the boss. He owns the house. He owns the car. He bosses Robin and Batgirl around. (laughs) I want to be fucking Batman. (laughs) Yeah. I've I've met so many women who relate to Batman. uh, And, you know, I love, I always loved Batgirl. So (laughs) So, there you go. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So how, you know, being open and that's another thing why, you know, I really, before we leave Batman, let me just say one more thing. Sure. Robin gets a lot of crap for being kind of like a boy in tights and wearing his little short shorts and his pixie boots. But that's kind of the badassest, like, 
male, feminine, sissy character that we all grew up with. Yes. Because Robin on the 60s show was like not going to take any guff. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And the whole like, um, I think of like gymnastics. I remember Mm -hmm. when my, you know, my mom put my brothers in gymnastics and my dad went along with it, but I remember him making little comments or people making comments like, oh, they should be in football. And they were, yeah. they were in football and baseball and all that kind of stuff. But my mom was like, also gymnastics, it's an amazing thing for so many reasons. And I think of Robin and his backstory mm-hmm. um, with the circus and his parents, you know, all of that stuff. And yeah, he got to right. be fantastic flipping around with a sparkly cape. Yeah, exactly. You know. Like who wouldn't want to do that? I know. Yeah. Um, but what I, what I was going to ask is one of the big reasons why I wanted to invite you on here is because I just love how so open you are about your experiences with being non-binary about, you know, your, your struggles, the good, the bad. And so what are some of those, you know, those highlight experiences since you've come out and you've been navigating your daily life where people might still call you, sir. I know you've posted something recently about that and you just, or, or other experiences you might have that you want to share. Yeah. It's been some ups and downs. Um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, like I said, I I work as a substitute teacher and I actually lost a job for being non-binary this past year. Um, And it was like, I work for an agency and the school system decided. So the agency had my back, but they couldn't fight the school system. And there wasn't really anybody to like send a threatening legal letter to. So I was just kind of like, well, I guess I don't work for these people anymore. I don't want to really. Right. But um, they had found out I was non-binary from overhearing me telling uh, someone uh, that I knew from church as a kid. But you know, I, and how do the, and if you don't mind me asking, this is a big thing with LGBTQ plus issues where people are like, kids, kids aren't ready for that. Kids don't understand things. Kids don't, you know, or don't talk about it. I just, you know, it's not appropriate. Don't show people kissing or don't show or this, or don't talk about that. And it's like, Mm -hmm. nope, actually kids really do understand it. So how do your children or other kids you've worked with as a teacher um, or just, in your everyday life, how do they understand? It's funny because if you don't teach the hate, the kids roll with anything. Like if yes. you just teach, a kid, like it's simple. You know, some boys like girls, some girls like girls, some boys like boys. Yeah. And then you just go like, oh, that's not a big deal. Did yeah. you know it used to be illegal for people of different races to get married because of white people being in charge for so long? Yep. And, you know, there's these things that if you just teach the truth, the, the truth, yeah. then kids understand it completely. Absolutely. And the idea that kids can't understand that some people don't feel like they're a boy or a girl uh, is ludicrous because I've met so, I mean, I had this really great job a couple of years ago subbing where I was in a first grade class for most of the year uh, with this boy who had had a medical emergency and needed somebody to hold his hand whenever he walked anywhere. And, uh, he was the best kid and I'm still really close with his family, but, um, this super sweet boy loves to get his fingernails painted and, you know, he plays baseball and he's like a cool dude, but he's like sweet too, you know? And I think a lot of people, when you just say these rules that people are trying to tell you are bullshit and you go like, really? Cause I didn't want to follow him in the first place. Yep. Exactly. Like my kid today, we went to the thrift store in town and he got a monster truck and nice. he's all like, woo monster truck. Um, but then earlier today he wanted to help me. Uh, he wanted to put my dress on mm-hmm. and play. And another thing too, with my son, I've been teaching, you know, body safety and body parts. Mm-hmm. And we use penis, the word penis and vagina. Right. And and a lot of times parents teach their kids, girls have vaginas, but you know, boys have penises, girls have vaginas. And I've been teaching them, you know, some people have vaginas and some people have penises. And mm-hmm. right when we're talking about trans people and I have a t- <laughs> one thing was really funny. Um, I have a ton of trans friends and I'm teaching him. Oliver, you can't ask if people have a penis. Like he, it's funny, right? He, it's funny when he does it to Just my curious. grandma. But you know, and I'm and I'm like, I'm like, that's 101 in ally training. You don't ask if someone's <laughs> got a penis on other in the end. And so we're working on that. But those little things where he's just like, oh, okay. Like he hasn't been taught that hate. It's just yes. 
processing just like he would this is how you hold a pencil or this is mm-hmm. what a phone is or this is whatever it is it's just giving facts so i love yeah. that what you said i think that's so good and you know i have 3 kids and uh body safety was a real important thing for us as well and uh i i really just think I have three teenagers and they're all really well adjusted and very chill and very cool and very fun to hang out with and helpful around the house. I mean, like I'm super lucky, um, that my teenagers are all like awesome. Um, but (laughs) one of the reasons why I think they are is that they haven't grown up with just bullshit rules. Like don't do this. Don't be a sissy. Don't do that. They're going to think you're a boy. You know, Mm -hmm. like when my daughter got her hair cut short, I was like, that looks rad. Yeah. You know, like there's things you can be supportive on. Then the kids learn to trust you so that when the big issues do come up, like divorce or like, you know, something scary happening at school or bullying or whatever, they know that you're somebody that they can rely on because you don't just make up junk. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Completely agree. So for you navigating this, how has it been with your uh, friends and family? Well, um, uh, pretty good. Um, my family is, uh, my immediate family, my wife and my kids, uh, very supportive, have always had my back, have always known I was not like, yeah, I use the terms as I've learned them. So when I was dating my wife, Candace, uh, I was gender queer and then I'd heard gender fluid and then yep. I heard non-binary and I'm like yep. okay finally and non-binary is my favorite it's very cool I, I like some not everybody who's non-binary likes the term envy but I do um I think non-binary is great it sounds very scientific and fun at the same time yep I love but it. um I've been open about that since I've been in my stepkids lives and I've always been honest about it with my son um my youngest and uh, they're just really accepting of me. And last year, uh, it's, it's coming up on a year exactly that I changed my name. We were on our, uh, we're about to go on vacation to Florida this year. And we were on our vacation last year during the pandemic. We'd rented a house on the beach away from everybody. Okay. So it was just us. And it was awesome. Amazing. And we were there and the name Mayday popped into my head because I had a trans friend whose name was May. And I was thinking about calling them Mayday as like a nickname. And I was like, no, wait a minute. That's going to be my name (laughs) because um, that was cool as hell in the comics. That was Spider-Man's daughter's nickname, Mayday Parker. Yeah. Because she was May Parker. And uh, it means help. It's a workers rights holiday. (laughs) It's MD Mayday. My first initials were always MD. So it just felt very like correct to just make that my name. And I had never had that experience before where I'd had like name envy or like that must be my name. But like when I speak to my trans friends who were like, you know, your name, you just know it, you know? Yeah. Like and, uh, yep. But now like, so over the last year, like I've gotten madeatrip.com and uh, made a trip at Gmail, <laughs> you know, yeah. changed my name on Facebook and yeah. all my accounts and YouTube and everything. Yeah. There's, there's so much power in your name. Thank you. I, I really love the idea that every time somebody says it, it reminds me that I'm here to help. Yes. So oh. I um, am a huge, huge fan of my name. <laughs> so, and, and it's funny too. The other day I was talking to someone about you and I was like, yeah, my friend Mayday. And they were like, literally said, shit, that's a cool name. And I was like, I know, I know. I'm really, really happy with it. I I don't know. I I didn't intend to change my name, but what, Uh but when I thought of that one, I was like, it's so non-gendered. Yes. And it sounds like a name. It sounds like a cool, like military nickname to me. Uh Like if you like, and and actually on Cheers, the old show in the eighties, there was uh, Sam Malone's nickname was Mayday Malone in the, um, his baseball team. It just has like a cool, like you can imagine a lot of characters being named Mayday. Yep. Anyway, it sounds and like it, a fictional character. Exactly. And it like, it fits your personality. It fits what, like who you are, what you're known for, like comic book world and yeah. movie geek. I don't know. It just, it's so perfect. 
I'm so happy Thanks. for you. I'm really proud of coming up with it. I, yeah. I just remember the the epiphany of just like, oh my God, I'm changing my name. Yeah. And how um, did you feel? How are those feelings? How are those emotions when you came, you know, when you felt that? It's really big because yeah. um, one of the things that's difficult about being non-binary is that people can't see you as non-binary. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard right. to just look androgynous. Because yeah. um, most people are going to look their assigned at birth uh, gender, yep. and you've got to like look past that and see the person that they really are. Yes. Um, and I think for me, anyway, a new name has helped me a lot because it, it is a it's a, a standard. You know, yes. it's not I'm non-binary, but I have this male name. You yep. know. Yeah. Exactly. It, it's nice to have a non-gendered name. Exactly. And another thing, Mayday, and I, I just love saying it and calling you that too, right? It's exciting. But you have really been so open about your experience. And once again, just like with something terrible, you're giving another example to people of that this is okay and this is what you can do. Well, the reason why I'm like that is always been because if my kids ever need to come out to me about something, I need them to know that it's okay. It's totally okay. Look, I'm coming out about this thing. I'm being honest with you guys. If you need to tell me something, I'm going to be supportive. And I needed to prove that by being open about it. And then since being open about it, I've met lots of other non-binary people and gender non-conforming people and people who uh, still feel like they're assigned gender, but at least relate a little bit. So there's, um, there's a lot of space in the gender universe to, to feel a little non-binary, you know, even if you don't feel completely. Oh yeah, absolutely. So a big question too, that I love to ask is if you have any advice or tips or anything, somebody who might be struggling with this, whether it's they're struggling with it and they don't know what to do, it's negative emotions, or maybe somebody who's like, oh my gosh, I'm non you know, whether it's an epiphany or a process, or what would you want to say to other non-binary folks out there? Um, my biggest advice would be to get in some of these support groups, because it, the weirdest the thing about being non-binary is that you feel so alone until you meet other non-binary people. And you're like, oh, that's my sibling. That's my sibling. That's my sibling. And one of the things that happens on these support groups is people will just post like selfies saying like, I felt really good today. And you go, you look really good today, you know, and everybody just just like gloms on to put love on each other. And in a world that isn't always ready for us, um, we're ready for you, you know? I love that. That needs to be on a poster. (laughs) That's beautiful. What, what about any advice you might have for parents? So parents who they might not quite understand, they're confused. They don't know how to talk to their kid, or they might be thinking you're going through a phase. What would you say to them? Uh, Biggest advice is to just respect where people are. You know, it could be a phase. You don't know, you know, somebody could be going through a phase where they're like, I'm non-binary. And then they realize, wait, I'm trans, you know, and I've had friends do that. And the people who are most uh, successful at at transitioning or just living their life as a non-binary person um, had close people who had their backs, especially family. You know, um, I'm open about who I am and, you know, my sisters are very supportive of me and that gives me a lot of confidence to just be straightforward about it. You know, I think my parents are a little weirded out by it. We don't talk about it that much, but I'm really open about it. So they have to know, you know, <laughs> right. we haven't That's had good. a conversation about it, but like, you know, they know that I'm using a different name now. And, you know, yeah. so it's, it's a process with, uh, with people who are a little more, I don't know, traditionally uh, inclined. Yeah. I've had a lot of um, conversations with parents because I do a lot of parent program and awareness and parents get really kind of upset about the name change thing where they're like, I named you, I, you know, or that name was this or that. And then I always go back and say, but it's okay. You know, when a woman gets married and right, you know, like, so again, it goes back to those norms. They're just norms. 
Right. And honestly, people change their names for lots of reasons, not just because they're trans or non-binary. Yeah. But I also think um, one of the reasons why I uh, am able to have a good relationship with my old name is because people uh, were kind to me when I changed my name. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Oh, that's huge. Um, Yep. I think people who encounter a lot of pushback really put that on why was I ever this person, you know, but I don't know. I I really feel like I'm lucky in that um, I already had followers and stuff uh, of my work. So changing my name was not a big deal. Um, It was a big decision, but once I decided to do it, it was like, look, I changed my Twitter handle. You're following me already, you know? Yeah. And um, people have been really cool about it. Um, that's great. Well, and one, two, we're going to do, I'm going to do an episode on pronouns and just really kind of like digging in and talking to different people. So one of the things I do is my pronouns are she and they, I go by she, I'm a very much a she, but I'm also a they. And I, I do that purposely to get people used to gender neutral pronouns. So your pronouns are they, how, how has that experience been? You know, what's funny about it is when I was still calling myself like uh, gender non-conforming or gender yep. fluid. I met this other comics creator named Emmett, uh, which who I already immediately liked because that's my youngest son's name. And I was like, Emmett's are cool. Yeah, and uh, they were um, non-binary and now they've transitioned. Uh-huh. And, uh, but they're still Emmett. Okay. And I was like, my friend was telling me, oh, they use they, them pronouns. And I was like, oh man, that's, hard to get used to. Like I was in my thirties and I was like, Oh, I'm, this is like eight years ago, 10 years ago. And I'm like, I would do that if I wasn't already so used to he, him pronouns, you know, like, I don't want to make everybody have to change. And then just over time, I started using they, them for, for Emmett, you know, and it was like, this is fine. This is normal. Yeah, it's easy. They went to the store. They came back. It's not hard. Yeah. You know, we've had the singular they for thousands of years, you know, yeah, uh, or at least it. hundreds of years. Yeah. Well, and I always use an example, too, of when I was younger, I used to use terrible language. I said mm-hmm. the R word. I said the F word. Right. I um, and, and I still I really try not to use the B word or, you know, certain things like that. And so you can train yourself. It's it's not an excuse. And I actually one of the proudest moments I had, my brother texted me the other day. Um, and cause he, I think he listened to an episode or I posted something about pronouns and he goes, what are my pronouns? Like, I'm confused. <laughs> and he's just a very, you know, like white male from the Midwestern Illinois, right. town, you know? And, and I was like, I'm really proud of you for asking because he texted and he goes, I don't understand, but ignorance isn't an excuse anymore. And I don't want to offend anyone. And I don't want to. And so him and I had like a 20 minute phone call where I just kind of explained why you should practice they, and you should respect that and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. And so people are really starting to understand it now and getting into the habit. And that's why I use them. And I say, practice, practice, yeah. on me. practice, practice makes perfect. I love it. And, and because I use it um, for me, you know, like I teach in schools and I'm only there for a day yep. and I go by teacher trip instead of Mr. Trip. Okay. And, um, but I don't make a thing about it. Like right. I, I'm there for a day. I'm not there to teach gender nonconformity. <laughs> it's right. not like, Hey, let's, <laughs> let's make the lesson plan about me and my yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but kids roll with it so fast. They're like, Oh, teacher trip. Can we go to the thing? You know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you can, but it's, um, and I don't really correct children when they call me he or she, okay. which kid, little kids will call me both of them, you know? And it's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Miss Trip, can I do this? And it's because they're so used to having female teachers. Yep. yep. But I, I really don't mind uh, when kids do it. I think with adults and intentional misgendering, that's when yes. you run into like, you know, people are trying to be hurtful. Yes, exactly. Um, and that's one thing, you know, uh, my son Oliver, he's three. And mm-hmm. just recently uh, we were around a cat and he kept calling it a she. And it was because the day before we also played with a black cat that was a she. 
and mm-hmm. he he's just confused and stuff but i correct him every single time to get him used to and a big thing too is you know i've accidentally used he or she for friends or something that have right. transitioned or um or i've accidentally i was a substitute teacher for a while and i actually misgendered um a little girl who i thought was a boy mm-hmm. and i was horrified because i was like the boy's pass is already gone and she goes, but I'm a girl. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's what I meant. That like, you know, and I just like in my head, I didn't try to make a big deal about it. So that's another yeah. part of advice I always tell people is, yeah, it's going to take you a while at times, but don't make a big deal out of it. Just correct it and move forward. Yeah. And and I feel like there's this, um, this trope that uh, I think cis, which if you don't know, cis means that you're the gender you were assigned at birth. Um, but cis people tend to think we're going to blow up if you get the, the pronoun wrong. Yeah. And it's like, it's fine. Just yeah. try better, <laughs> you know, yeah, try harder. Exactly. Um, now, if, like if you said, someone though, makes a mistake, it's not a big deal. If you, someone's doing it on purpose, that's a big deal. Exactly. That's different. Yep. And that yeah. needs to be addressed. So. But it's like, I get called sir all the time. I'm, a, I'm pretty tall and I'm pretty wide. <laughs> and so <laughs> you know, like I'm at Kroger and people are like, have a great day, sir. You know, I would love it if we got rid of gendered terms because that would make my life better. But my instinct these days is to just accept the respect they're trying to show me. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to see this person every day. If it was like, I was a regular, I would be like, I'm actually they, them. So, you know, let's not use those. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, in day-to-day stuff, like I don't let it get to me at all. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Or try. Yeah. Cause I try not to, I wish I could appear like if I could shape change. Yeah. That's the superpower I would want. If I could like mystique myself into looking perfectly androgynous. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, and I think too, though, what we were talking about the way we were raised, um, and we didn't have these labels. We didn't have this stuff. We didn't have this awareness or right. these support groups. And so I just kind of think of it is that when our kids are older or our age, right. in 20, 30 years or something, how much more acceptance and things, mm-hmm. how things are going to be. And I'm like looking forward to seeing how that kind of pans out. Yeah, me too. I, you know, we just had, um, someone from pose was just nominated the first trans person nominated for lead actress, you know, so yeah, there's huge steps moving forward. These yeah, steps, yeah. You and know, actually, and, and yeah, when I say huge, I mean it's like a tiny step. You know, it's a small mm-hmm. thing, but when there's a ton of those small steps, mm-hmm. that's when we're making we're getting progress somewhere. too. And then you'll have some pretty big ones along the way. So it's exciting. I love it. So anything else you want to share? Um, I will say the uh, if you're a non-binary leaning parent definitely tell your kids don't keep it in they need to know because you're gonna need their back like they need to have your back yeah it's the 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 thing that keeps me going the strongest is knowing that I raised kids who are accepting of gender nonconformity and trans people and gay people and people of various ethnic backgrounds and stuff like the fact that I've raised kids that aren't hateful little shits is so good yes, and such a relief to me. Yeah. And whenever I feel like the world doesn't have my back, I know my kids do. And my oh, wife does. I love that. Oh, that's beautiful. Even yesterday I had just a terrible, awful, no good day. And Oliver, and it's something I say to him, and he has better emotional intelligence than most men I've met in my life, (laughs) but I was crying. Maybe he is non-binary. Yeah, honestly, I would not be surprised, (laughs) (laughs) but he, he, I was like crying just like little tears, you know, trying to hide it. Cause I also don't want my kid to do emotional labor. Um, that was a big thing I did a lot for my parents, but, but for him, he just says, you know, mommy, it's okay to be sad. And he said, I love you when you're happy, but I also love you when you're sad. (laughs) And I was just like, oh gosh, right? So I love that. My son said to me when he was about three years old, is he learned from this summer camp, nature camp he was going to, that pink is the girl's color. Uh, And that it, it was his favorite color. I had never said anything about it being a girl's color. I just said, pink's a good color. 
And he said, you know, there's some people who say that pink's a girl's color. And I was like, yeah, but that's silly. Right. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause colors are for everybody. And we were talking about like at the time we were watching the, the reboot of my little pony. And he was saying that you're like me, you like some things that are for girls. And I was like, yeah, buddy, we're the same. And I really felt like I'd spent my whole life trying to find somebody I could relate to. And I I just had to make one. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, can you imagine having that when you were three? Oh, I know. Like having that acceptance and that, and, and again, parents being your everything, the person you go to the, you know, when my toddler is acting like a little shithead, it's because he, he knows he can be safe and throw tantrums around me or can, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So when, when he says, Hey, can I play with makeup and can I paint my nails and wear a dress? Mm -hmm. And, And I say, yeah, absolutely. But a UBU, And even if the outside world says that's wrong, it's just so important as parents. Well, I feel like, you know, even some of these mistakes that I would say, you know, don't, I, I I don't think my parents had a bad impulse. Right. They were trying to prepare me for the world. That's a hateful place. Yes, exactly. Yes. What I'm trying to do is make the world a less hateful place with more people like us, you know? Yes. Beautiful. What a perfect ending for that. That was gorgeous. Now I do have the the very last question and it's the big one that I ask everyone. So what are you asking for? You're, you know, you're, I know it's a big loaded question, but you have a message, you have something to say to the world. What are you asking for? I really think I just want non-binary people to be accepted because there are states where we're getting legislation to where you can have a third gender option on your driver's license. And, um, you know, until that's the case, we're not even seen as existing, right? you know? Yep. And um, honestly, with the, the kind of volatility of the political climate in this country, I worry about if I was in one of these states and I signed up for it and then the administration changes and then they're persecuting everybody who signed up for it. Like we need some massive changes in how we address gender. Um, But yeah, that would be what I'm asking the world is just to recognize that not everybody fits in the boy box or the girl box. I love it. Absolutely. Completely agree. Well, Mayday, you are fabulous and wonderful per, per usual. So if anybody wants to reach out to you or find you or connect, how can they find you? Um, MaydayTrip.com. Trip is T-R-I-P-P-E. And I'm Mayday Trip on every social media platform. Awesome. Thank you, Mayday. You are the best. Thanks, Carly. It was good to talk to you. So good to talk. If you like what you hear and want more, please... Leave a review and subscribe or follow on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit askforapodcast.com to join our mailing list and VIP Facebook group. Consider donating or supporting on Patreon. And be sure to follow on Instagram and Facebook at Ms. Carly Johnson. That's M-S-K-A-R-L-I Johnson. Hi, this is Meg, currently parked in Kansas City, Missouri. Ask For It is hosted by Carly Johnson, created and produced by Carly Johnson. Help from Joe Lipschitz and Georgia Smith-Marr from Sassy Snowflake Says Hi. Artwork helped by Jen Marquez-Ginn and Amy Ginn. Edited by Carly Johnson. Episode mixing by Andy Hoffer. Intro edited by Ameda Ganatra at Audio Muses. Visit carlyjohnson.com. That's K-A-R-L-I Johnson.com for more information on how to bring Carly to your school, business, or event. Thanks. Have a great day.